0: What's going on folks today we got another episode of fitness for thought for you where we will be discussing simple tips for weight loss This is an area where a lot of people Pursue fitness. This is the like kind of how a lot of people get into fitness is just through weight loss Um, Just because there's a lot of people who struggle with that And it can be a little bit confusing Especially if you don't have much experience with it Um, and so we just wanted to lay out some simple tips that you can follow right away. Um, doesn't require anything, anything special for you to do. Um, so we're just going to make it simple and easy for you. It'll be a quick podcast and hopefully you can get something out of it. So French, you want to start us off?
1: Yeah. So I just have a few, you know, kind of general tips slash principles that I think are just good for fat loss, uh, no matter who you are. Obviously, if you have a certain medical condition, it's going to vary from case to case. But number one, me and Nolan both agreed on this, and it's pretty universal for any type of weight loss, fat loss, or just weight loss in general, and that's being in a calorie deficit. So basically, what that means is your body burns a certain amount of calories each day just to stay alive. You know, there's a lot of processes that go into just kind of maintaining the human body. So you have that as kind of your baseline calories you burn throughout the day. In addition to any like physical exercise, physical activity that you do throughout the day, so you'll I think uh, I would just call like your resting metabolic rate and then your total daily energy expenditure (TDEE). Yeah, I'm trying to remember all these. Um, that's what that's the main number you want to focus on, like your total energy expenditure throughout the day. That should be like a calorie amount. And obviously, if you eat the same amount of calories that you expend in a day you're going to stay at the exact same weight that you're at. If you eat more than that, you're going to gain weight. And if you eat less than that, you're going to lose weight. Now there's a lot of different, you know, some people like to go, depending on how quickly you want to go with getting the weight off, obviously you can just starve yourself and lose weight pretty quickly, but it's usually not very sustainable or healthy. So I think a good rule of thumb, this depends case to case too. If like, the more weight you have to lose, I'd say the bigger deficit you can go into. But I think for a lot of people, like a 500 calorie uh, deficit is usually a pretty good starting point. Like the theory is behind that. Uh, if you are in a 500 calorie deficit each day, you'll lose about a pound a week because there's 3,500 calories and a pound of fat, so to say. So yeah, that's usually a good general starting point. And then obviously you could start slower than that if you wanted to really like, focus on retaining as much muscle mass as possible, or if you didn't have a ton of weight to lose and wanted to take it slow or a little bit more aggressive, you know, you might, as you get throughout your fat loss phase, you're going to eventually need to reduce calories even more. So you might go to like, a, to retain that 500 calorie deficit, you're going to need to lower your calories, or you might just, uh, increase the deficit to like 700 calories or even a thousand calories or more. What do you got on that? Nolan?
0: Yeah, so I don't want to expand too much on SeCO just because I feel like a lot of people already um, have heard about calories in versus calories out. And another thing, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, I think that it can get a little bit confusing and or frustrating for people. Um, Definitely. But so I don't want to expand too much on it um, because I think there's a lot of other simple, more simple and practical tips to give you first. Um, but I'm glad you laid that out because when it comes down to it, that's a surefire way, um, to, you know, concretely, um, outline your weight loss plan. Um, the other thing with that is getting started. Um, you can, there's a lot of things online that can show you your resting metabolic rate. Um, what I will say is those vary a little bit. Based on your activity, it's going to ask you about that. So don't be married to one certain number. Um, but once you do get a number, um, you at least have a baseline to go off of, so that you can consistently kind of uh, shoot for that number. Um, shoot to be over on, or I guess in in our case, under that number. Um, and you know, like French said, about five hundred calorie deficit is usually pretty good. Um, another thing I'll add is sometimes I don't think it's beneficial to like track your calories all the time. So, you know, it it is going to be a little bit tedious, but if you can just do it for about a week, usually people develop, um, a certain intuition about how much they're eating to an extent. Um, and you can kind of go based off that. And then if you still, your progress is halting, then you can go back to counting calories to see exactly what you're eating. Because another problem that people have is they overestimate their activity level and they underestimate their food consumption. Um, The weekend is a big culprit for that because people do really good during the week. And then during the weekend, you know, a handful of chips might be a little bit bigger or might be a little more calories than you think it is. Um, and you know, let's say you're drinking a few, few Mm. beers. Uh, those, those are basically empty calories. Um, and they add up really quick. So stuff like that can, can really be people's downfall when it comes to weight loss. Um, but seco is a very important thing to understand because there's no way around it. Um, but like I said, there's always these, these exceptions, um, with certain people, uh, you know, if you're, Well, we'll get into that more later but i think it's very important to understand that uh from the beginning um and yeah i'll i'll get into some more simpler ways to kind of break that down because we'll kind of build off of that since it's such an important aspect but um another thing that i'll add right before just before we get off this topic is when you're further into your weight loss you're, it's going to be harder to lose weight, obviously. Um, so when you get to a certain point, you're not going to want to de- keep decreasing calories because you want to eat. You know, if you're in a if you're in a thousand calorie deficit, you know, maybe even a fifteen hundred calorie deficit from where you originally started, that's a considerable amount of food less than you were eating. So you have a choice to make. You can continue to decrease calories, or you can increase physical activity um, because that's going to increase the amount of calories you burn. Uh, It's also going to speed up your metabolism and and some other things. So it may be easier for you to increase your physical activity rather than decrease your calories. Um, And a lot of times when what I recommend is if you're halting in progress for weight loss, you basically just ask yourself this question. Would I rather eat less food or increase my physical activity? Because, you know, on the other end of that, if you're already spending two, two and a half hours in the gym, you know, you've got a job, you've got a family, you can't really devote that much more time to the gym. So you might have to choose that option of decreasing your calories. Um, But if you're spending, you know, 35, 45 minutes in the gym um, and your calories are still um, pretty low, but you're not seeing progress, then maybe you just bump that session up to an hour, an hour and 15 um, and, you know, increase it cardio at the end or whatever it may be. Uh so that's another point that I'll make in regard to calories.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because there's, you know, multiple ways to create a deficit, the main two being mo- moving more or eating less or a combination of both is usually beneficial for most people and I will say like um as you lose weight so Most helpful thing would be to obviously get your resting metabolic rate and your total daily energy expenditure figured out before you start your diet. But as you lose weight, your resting metabolic rate will change because, I mean, if I start out a diet at two hundred pounds and I lose fifteen pounds, now I'm at one eighty-five. My body doesn't have because I have less weight on my body. Like it doesn't it doesn't uh my body doesn't expend as many calories. Like a two hundred and fifty pound muscle bound bodybuilder is just going to expend more calories at rest than the same person that only weighs 190 pounds, just because, you know, they're bigger and their body has to work harder to maintain that system. So glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say, as far as, you know, you mentioned tracking, obviously tracking and weighing your food is always going to be the most accurate. But again, then again, also maybe not be sustainable for most people. I mean, like I, like he said, um, track for, I would say at least a week, the longer you track, the, the better you're going to be at kind of eyeballing stuff. Yeah. And what I like to do is in between times where I'm tracking and not tracking, I like to go back track for just a week, kind of hone my skills, so to say, to kind of make sure that you're not over or underestimating the portion sizes that you're consuming. So really good point. Should we go on to the next, next little tip? Yep. All right, so the next one I have is increase the amount of fruits and vegetables that you consume. Um, You know, obviously, and just to preface this, I would say calorie deficit is the most important overall. These next ones that we're going to list are kind of, uh, you could order them, but they're all like pretty important. So I don't want you to think that one's super important and the last one that we list is not as important and you can just wing it. Um, But yeah, increase the amount of fruits and vegetables you eat. The first thing I would say about this, why you should do it, is because they are very nutrient-dense, but they're not calorie-dense, meaning, like, fruits and vegetables, they contain a lot of vitamins and minerals for not a lot of calories, because they contain a lot of water, and water obviously has no calories. Like, obviously, I could eat a ton of watermelon, for example. Watermelon's like, what, like 80 90% water. I get a ton of vitamins, I get a ton of minerals for not a lot of calories, and it's going to fill my stomach up make me feel fuller for longer with this is why at school, whether, um, no matter my goal, whenever I go to the dining hall, I like to get a salad and eat that before I eat anything else, because I know it's going to fill me up. I'm not gonna, I'm going to be a lot less likely to overeat and I'm getting a ton of like healthy nutrients, obviously. And fruits and vegetables are also super high in fiber, which slows down the digestion process, which is also going to help keep you fuller for longer. What do you got
0: on that, Nolan? Yeah, the only thing I'd expand off that would be, um, in general, try to find foods that are more satiating that are nutrient-dense foods. So, you know, one thing that comes to mind is a lot of uh, lean meat or, um, you know, like steak, Uh, that's going to be a lot of protein and it's going to keep you full And it's really not like a ton of calories unless you dress it up with a bunch of other things. So eating those foods is going to help keep you fuller, um, give you the nutrients you need and not, uh, cost that many calories. It's not gonna, you're not going to be consuming that many calories. Um, so foods like that, like French said, fruits, vegetables, lean meats, um, all of that stuff is, is great. Uh, and helping keep you full, feeling full is a big thing, especially further into the weight loss. There's some other, uh, small tricks that, um, I'll mention later, but, um, obviously food being the the best thing to help keep you feel full. Um, that's a great way to do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody knows that fruits and vegetables are just healthy in general and they should be a part of your diet no matter what your goal is and to kind of touch on that um you know everybody has has those foods where like there's just an endless amount that they could eat of them like for some people i know for me it's like i would say like bread like i usually don't buy bread because it doesn't last me very long like i can eat like three peanut butter jelly sandwiches or like five or six pieces of toast and just like wow like where'd that go and everybody has those foods and typically what you'll find is most people really like processed, um, and refined foods, you can eat a lot of them and not feel full. Whereas I've never like, like you can have a stack of like six or seven pancakes drenched in syrup and chocolate chips and might be able to kill it. No problem. But I've never really encountered someone that can eat like more than one or two steaks and still be like, Oh wow. I'm still super hungry. Cause foods like that whole non-processed foods, they're just going to, there's more nutrient dense. They have a lot more healthy stuff in them. They're just going to keep you fuller for longer, which when you're trying to lose weight, that's kind of the name of the game. It's kind of almost like, I don't want to say a hack, but like if you can feel like you're full without eating as many calories, it's going to kind of trick your brain into thinking that you're not trying to starve yourself in a controlled manner, which is kind of what diet anything is in the end
0: yeah and i guess while we're on the topic i'll expand off of that um there's a lot of tricks you can use um especially with picking foods like that have a certain consistency um, that can help you feel fuller um, another one that i found that really helped me when i was uh cutting was um like flavored waters carbonated flavored waters um they you, know, you can find them that have zero sugar, zero everything, zero calories, um, and you know they taste great. Um, the carbonation kind of gives you a certain feeling of being full. Um, you can sip on them throughout the day. It's kind of like chewing gum. A lot of people chew gum too, um, and it provides you with that feeling of being full. Now, don't mistake that for me saying, okay, I just drink 10 flavored waters a day and not eat it at all. Because a lot of people, yeah, and Diet Coke, a lot of people (laughs) just pick something like that or even like caffeine, caffeinated beverages, because, you know, caffeine, um, it is like, it suppresses your appetite. Um, A lot of people just kind of go ham on that. Um, But the thing is, you won't be as successful. The longevity of your diet won't be as good um, if you're cutting corners like that, because you still need energy. Um, And we'll have a few more points later on, especially with protein that'll kind of touch on that, but um, it's not a, it's not a quick process. You want to slowly do it over time um, because you also, you know, you got to think you also want to be holding on your muscle too, which we'll touch on, but I just wanted to kind of add that in because it can be a helpful tool.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that, um, I just want to say like with the whole there's this big discussion that's been going on for a long time about um, artificial sweeteners. And that's, that could be a whole topic in and of itself. But I just want to briefly touch on that. Like we said, you shouldn't be drinking a 12 pack of diet soda a day, or, you know, you shouldn't be replacing all of your regular water with these like carbonated flavored waters. But you also don't need to be afraid from what I've known, from what I've read, and from like the sources I got it from. Artificial sweeteners, they're obviously they have to get approved by the FDA, which means you would have to consume an exorbitant amount of them to receive any like negative effects. And I mean, obviously, if you have certain health conditions, that might be different. I can't speak for everybody, but I don't think most people are going to drink. You should know that you shouldn't be drinking, you know, half a gallon of diet soda a day with a bunch of artificial sweeteners, but it's not something you need to be afraid of on that end as well
0: yeah i was just going to touch on that so i'm glad you did
1: yeah so don't be afraid of them but also don't abuse them everything in moderation let's see anything else on that oh i want to say one more thing the this is kind of a really like specific nitpicky tip that if you're doing everything else then you can kind of think about this or if you don't mind it you can throw it in um the order Like when you eat a meal, the order of what food you eat first is, can have a little bit of an effect on, I mean, obviously if you're eating everything on the plate, it's still going to be the same amount of calories regardless, but the way it affects your body and the way like it affects your blood sugar can change. So I think the best way to do this for weight loss is to either start off with like a fibrous vegetable. So like a salad, some leafy greens, some broccoli, because it's going to fill you up. Like I, like we said earlier, then follow that with a lean protein source, which is essentially going to do kind of the same thing. Uh, protein is very satiating, especially compared to carbohydrates and fats. And then eat your starches and your fats at the end of the meal. Because I mean, if you're trying to gain weight, you want to, eat, you want to eat the stuff that doesn't fill you up as much, but it's in reverse if you're trying to lose weight. So I know a lot of people like to kind of mix all their food together, and it's really a kind of a nitpicky tip. But if you really want to get serious about it, You know, preface each meal with like some fruits and vegetables, then eat your lean protein, then eat like your starchy carbohydrates and fats.
0: Yeah, totally agree.
1: Okay, the next one I have on my list, kind of building off the liquids, is to have either little or no liquid calories in your diet. And I think you guys can probably guess why. Obviously, you know, I personally, like whenever I've drank like juice or like full sugar pop or like Gatorade. I've never like drank a bottle of it and been like, wow, I'm super full and not hungry. Like it's, you can, it's kind of one of those things like there's no limit to how much like calorie, like caloric beverages you can drink and not feel like they just don't satiate you. So like juice pop. um, Those are like calories that like you could drink them and you won't even notice them. Same thing with milk, maybe not quite as much. Uh, beer, like we mentioned earlier, obviously he were gonna drink quite a bit of beer without feeling full. You want to touch on that a little bit?
0: What What are you trying to say here, French? I feel like you're oh, no. you're alluding to something. Oh, here. I, I passed the baton at the wrong time. My no, I'm messing with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally true. Milk, I think, will fill you up um, a little bit, but it still can be, you know. We're going to do a podcast on the opposite of if you're trying to gain weight uh, and milk's your friend there because it's a quicker way to get in a lot of calories, very a lot of protein, carbs. Um, but yeah, the only exception I would say to liquid calories for the most part, I would say you're right. The only exception I would say is maybe soup because a lot of times oh, soup yeah. actually doesn't have a ton of calories, but it's all in how you make it. You know, You can really yeah. add a lot of stuff to make it very – um, high in calories. And a lot of times, you know, there's a yin and a yang because soup also tends to have a lot of sodium in it, but it is um, pretty good for uh certain, it, it, there's not a ton of nutrients, but depending on what soups you make, you can, you can make some pretty uh, healthy soups with very low calories in them. Um, there's not a ton of nutrients in there unless you're throwing in, you know, you start throwing in potatoes, but then, you know, Um, It's not necessarily a liquid anymore or only a liquid, but that's the only exception. Otherwise I would say, yeah, that's a pretty good rule of thumb. And that's kind of where I would stick to mainly water and uh, those flavored waters too, is, is I'm a big
1: fan of. Yeah. That's a really good point about the soup. I would say anything that's like a, has like a beef or just a chicken broth base is going to be a good bet as far as soup, you know, thicker soups like chili and like cheese and broccoli soup or like baked potato soup stuff that's like super thick i mean most of the time you can tell when a soup is like low or high calorie but yeah like chicken noodle soup unless it's like loaded up with a ton of pasta you know you got your vegetables in there some lean chicken that's going to be fairly low calorie uh what is it miso soup where they serve you at like a japanese steakhouse i don't know if anybody actually makes that at their house but i feel like that's pretty much just like water with some some spices in it. So yeah, anything that can like just fill your body up is going to make you feel less hungry. So yeah, no, no liquid calories. I guess the only thing, you know, a lot of people when they're, you know, protein shakes are always going to be a thing as far as fitness goes. I would say try to eat most your calories, but like a, like a whey protein shake is probably going to be the fastest way to like if it's like right after a workout to replenish like muscle and then, Oh, what was I going to say? Yeah. I think a lot of people, there's a hu- there's obviously a huge weight loss, like nutrition market out there. And a lot of them market these like weight loss shakes, so to say, or like meal replacement shakes, which is honestly kind of counterintuitive because they think you can just drink a shake and yeah, it might be less calories and be high in protein but I think you're better off just eating whole foods because there's going to be more volume. It's going to fill your stomach up more and it's going to be more natural.
0: Yeah. It's kind of along the same line as fat burners. Uh, Uh, yeah, I don't, a lot of times, I feel like a lot of times those are, uh, pardon my French, but a ton of bullshit.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just a caffeine pill and some other stuff that probably doesn't work as good as caffeine. So yeah, just drink some coffee. Don't waste your money on that stuff. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. All right, right. The next thing I got on my list is sufficient protein intake. Now this is a big one because as we said earlier, calories in calories out is always going to be the basis, but uh, macronutrient profile. You know, the amount of carbs, fats, and proteins that you're consuming is going to play. I would say it's kind of second to, I'd say at the bottom of, I'm thinking of the nutritional period, pyramid from uh, Renaissance periodization, shout out to RP. Uh, It's a great resource if you're looking to learn anything about like uh, fitness, stuff like that, science-backed, evidence-backed, but it goes calories are number one, and then above that I think is macronutrient. I could be wrong though.
0: I think you're right. Don't quote
1: me on that. I think think that's right. right. So obviously you can lose weight by just eating less calories and not really care about the macronutrient intake or profile, excuse me. But obviously we know that protein plays a big part in muscle growth. And when we're talking fat loss, muscle retention. So yeah, you could just eat a bunch of carbs and fat and very little protein and you're going to lose weight but you also might lose a good amount of muscle or definitely more muscle than you need to. Whereas if you have a sufficient amount of protein, one, as we stated earlier, protein is more satiating than carbs and fats. So it's going to help you feel fuller for longer and it's going to help retain the most amount of muscle mass that you probably can. Now there's a lot of discussion about how much protein is too much, how much is enough. Um, I've always kind of been in that camp where, I like one gram per pound of body weight. I think anything more than that is kind of, unless you want it just for the satiety effect or you just love eating protein, I think there's not a ton of benefit as far as muscle gain and muscle retention past that from what I know. And anything less than that, yeah, I think you can get away with it. Like you can probably get away with 0.8 grams or 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. But in my opinion, like why leave it to chance when you can just eat a little bit more and not leave anything on the table yeah what do you think about that
0: yeah so Jeff Nippert actually um, put out a great video on uh, how much protein you need just a few days ago Uh, so check that out if you guys want to know more but there's a ton of videos on you know what's the golden number Um, one gram per pound of body weight is actually uh, a little bit closer to the high end for most individuals you know obviously certain individuals are going to need that and when you're cutting when you're trying to lose weight um you want to stay close you want to stay on that high end because you want to hold on to that muscle mass um the general recommendations are around like 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.8 um but the thing with that is that's not accounting for individuals who resistance train so if you're resistance training you're breaking down muscle you're obviously going to need more um so i would say stay close to the high end and usually how um how i've been taught to kind of split up your macros there's a bunch of different things you can do with macros and that's kind of getting into the weeds but a general rule of thumb is uh decide what your protein is so let's say it's 0.8 or one gram per pound of body weight so you get that set for each day um and then for fats the problem with fats is there's not really a great uh rule of thumb for fats there's a general recommendation um and there's a range that's pretty good. It's probably fine for most people, but there's not like a solid, there's no solid evidence like backing an exact number. Um, So find out based on your size, how much fat you need. Um, Stay probably on the, on the, you know, mid to, well, I won't say lower end. Stay, stay around the recommendations and then just fill the rest with carbs. That's kind of how I've always been taught. Um, you know, a lot of people will demonize carbs. Um, but if you've ever trained on like low to zero carbs, uh, it sucks. It's not fun at all. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure if you're keto adapted or whatever, you get used to it, but I don't want to do that. I want to eat foods that have carbs in them. You know, I don't want to be filling my plate with half a pound of, you know, almond butter and then, you know, just (laughs) eating protein and eggs or whatever the hell. Um, those people do, you know, I, I know there's a lot of great, uh, you know, theories on why these elimination diets work, but the problem is each of these macronutrients provide a very, play a very important role in your body's function. I mean, fats, a lot of people, you know, fats were demonized at first, but fats are extremely important for regulating your hormones. Now it's carbs, you know, it's a different thing every day. Um, literally the only two recommendations that haven't changed uh from the like national guidelines are fruits and vegetables um so you know people are going to spoon feed you different information all the time um, but general rule of thumb is figure out your protein um, set that on the higher end uh, if you're tra- if you're training for weight loss hit your amount of fats needed uh, and then fill the rest with carbs, because when you're losing weight, trust me, you're going to want to eat carbs because um, you're cutting. And that's very uh, it. Carbs also um, provide help you with uh, help provide your brain with uh, its energy to function, too. Um, so you're going to feel you know bogged down if you're really cutting down those carbs. And a lot of people do they see that initial weight loss because another thing is carbs hold a lot of water too so that's where people see the weight loss from but that's that's kind of my recommendation
1: yeah and to just touch on that the fats subject like you said i think a lot of people it's definitely tempting to just run the fats down to a very low percentage of your calories and so you can eat a ton of carbs but especially when you're talking About fat loss and eating less calories than your body needs to maintain its weight I like I'm not a big fan of like messing with super low fat because fats are super Important for hormone function. So I think I'm trying to think of the uh, I think it's called the amdr the accepted macronutrient Distribution range where they have like kind of the ranges or for what's generally considered healthy for carbs fats and proteins and I think the bottom end for fats is around 15 to 20%. So if you're eating less, if less than like 15 to 20% of your calories are coming from fats, you might want to rethink that. But like Nolan said, as a general rule of thumb, I think when it comes to like strictly muscle building and strength, the more carbs you can eat, the better. That's why like when you get to a point where maybe you're trying to gain some muscle, you don't necessarily... You usually never really mess with your protein. You might even lower it in like a muscle gain phase. The thing that changes the most is the amount of carbs you eat. Like you want to just jack up the carbs as, hard, as high as you can get them. And then obviously you can increase fats too, depending on what types of foods you'd like to get or eat, excuse me. Yeah. So yeah. The next thing I have on my list, this is actually the last thing I have written down, is uh, NEAT, N-E-A-T, and that stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis so complicated word sounds complicated i'm gonna try to simplify it so basically what neat is is activity that's outside of your daily like exercise regimen so we're not talking about when you go to the gym we're not talking about like actual physical activity bouts we're talking you know very like little things like how much do you fidget during the day do you bounce your leg up and down a whole lot like little things like that can add up to a decent amount of calories at the end of the day how many steps you take you know someone who gets up regularly to you know just what get up and go to the bathroom as opposed to someone who just sits most of the day and never stands up so this is kind of also getting into the weeds but i think it's good to at least know that if you're trying to increase your calorie deficit by exercise it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do a whole like another cardio session at the gym you can just try to get more steps in throughout the day and I mean obviously I'm not going to ask people to try to fidget more throughout the day just for the sake of burning a few extra calories but it's a good thing to keep in mind that the calories that you burn throughout the day can be also outside the gym you can find ways to get active whether it's you know setting a timer every hour at your at your job if you're able just get up walk around your building something like that to get it, to get your body moving a little bit more
0: yeah stretching at lunch um you know getting up standing walking even walking around your desk every hour every hour and a half or whatever it is little things add up i mean there's a new there i think on average um well I, i'm not going to i'm not going to go there but Although there's a lot of people that are taking a step to be more active nowadays, a lot of our jobs still require us to sit for long periods of time. So, there's this new term, I think it's called the active couch potato, and it's basically someone who they do that hour, maybe hour and a half of physical activity in the morning or in the or at night, um, but during work they sit all day. So, you know, that's still a large majority of the day sitting so being on your feet and being more active throughout the day um is going to be a lot better for your general health for anyone's general health not just people looking to lose weight um so you know finding simple ways you know take the stairs instead of the elevator little stuff like that um add up over time
1: uh and
0: yeah yeah that's that's really the only thing I have on that.
1: Yeah I just got a couple more ideas that are maybe no one will do but they're decent there's ideas nonetheless. Um, if you're watching TV at night for every every time there's a commercial break do 10 push-ups or do some sit-ups or do some sort of like small bout of exercise walk to your kitchen and back yeah um another one I guess would be like, I don't know why this came to my mind, but like, you know, you can go online and make those like spin the wheel things with different names on it. You could do that every hour, like at your work with like a different exercise, I guess, like 10 reps of a bodyweight squat or something like that. Yeah. Just kind of ways to get creative.
0: Yeah. I was listening to a podcast about two guys who weren't in the fitness field at all. And they were just talking about being healthy. And one of them said that they stretch in the morning, like you can do it in bed, you know, just touch your toes. Um, And then they plank a minute before they go to bed each night. Now, that's not like overly significant, but something is always better than nothing. And that adds up over time. Um, And with all this weight loss stuff, I think the most important thing is to start slow um, because a lot of people, you know, they promote these radical um, methods of losing weight uh, and people just crash and burn or they lose a ton of weight and then they just gain it all back. This isn't what you want to hear, but you need to start slow, um, and that's evident when you see people who make these drastic uh, changes in their um, in their body type, because it has to, you know, you didn't you didn't get bigger in one day, so it's you're not going to lose it all in one day either. Um, so you have to start slow, and you have to be consistent too. Um, you have to be consistent with whatever you do. Um, so a lot of times when, you know, when you're actually working with someone, um, they're not going to be able to do all these steps right away. Um, you know, they might not be able to do all these steps in six months. So wherever you're at now, it's fine. Just be cons- just do things that you can maintain consistently. Um, you know, if you need to have, you know, oh, I, I have to I have to drink a pop. Um, you know, once a day. Obviously that's not ideal. Um, but if that's your one vice, that's your one thing, you can't give that up, that's fine. Hold on to that. Um, you know, eventually maybe you wean yourself off of that. Um, you know, maybe you have a cheap meal at the end of the week, or um, you know, hell, maybe you don't, maybe you don't even do anything that crazy. Maybe you're just getting up and walking each day depending on where you're starting that might be enough for a lot of people so whatever it is you just have to be consistent with it um and you have to ease into this stuff because so many people just crash and burn um so those are my last two kind of golden rules of advice i would say
1: yeah i would say don't try to do all this at once like for a good tip like pick one thing if i were to pick one thing i'd pick Just anything you can stick to, honestly. Obviously, like we said, the calories in, calories out thing is going to be the most significant. But don't try to do all these things at once. Slowly add them in.
0: Yeah. And and also, we're talking about ideals. We're talking about ideal situations. So, you know, your diet does not have to be perfect. Um, I've always been, like, big on that. Like, you, you know, you're not – most people out there aren't looking – to, you know, step onto a bodybuilding stage or you know, perform at an elite level. So don't, you know, put yourself through misery just so that you can lose the weight a little bit faster. Um incorporate meals that include foods that you like. Treat yourself in moderation when necessary and just take it easy. Take it one step at a time. It's like building any other habit. Um, it's simple, but it's not easy. It takes time. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about all I got.
1: Yeah. Bonus tip. This is the OG tip that I know for increasing your, um, energy expenditure a little bit. Learn this, learn this from my dad. So wherever you go, like if you're going to Walmart or like literally anywhere that you drive your car and you have to park in a parking lot parked as far away from uh, not even the building but like any other car as possible my dad didn't do it because he wanted to get more steps in he did it because he doesn't want anybody to dig his car he always be like oh parking on the no ding zone and we'd walk have a freaking 800 meter walk to the walmart <laughs> but hey that honestly is one of the things that has stuck with me whenever i go to walmart like maybe i don't take it as extreme as him but i never park up close cuz i'm like well i don't have to worry about like anybody dinging my doors and i get a few extra steps in so that's that's the og tip from my dad park in the no ding zone yeah <laughs>
0: there's a lot of tips like that i mean it doesn't have to be like weight loss doesn't have to be like this crazy thing that you have to like you know Go, you know, I don't know. You don't have to be militant with yourself all, to, all the time, you know, especially if you're starting off doing stuff like that will be, you know, it's a step in the right direction. So yeah. sir. Sure. Uh, that's all we got for you guys. Again, like we said, we have a, a lot of other episodes recorded already. Um, but like we said, if you weren't as interested in weight loss, you're more interested in weight gain. We'll be doing uh, that podcast here soon. So that'll be releasing shortly. Um we are gonna get some guests on. Uh, it'll just we're just trying to b- get episodes in the bank right now. Um, so hopefully you guys took something from this episode, and we'll see you in our next one.
1: Peace, guys.